I ransacked the dressing tables for jeweled necklaces and tiaras to try on. I surreptitiously dabbed perfume onto my neck and massaged expensive face cream onto my skin. But it was in her ladyship's own boudoir that my downfall happened. On the bed was laid out the most beautiful rose-coloured chiffon cocktail dress I had ever seen. It had tiny pearls sewed into the neckline, a slender tapered waist, and an asymmetric hem which was quite in vogue. I fell in love with that dress at first sight, and almost instinctively I decided to try it on. It was a perfect fit. Her ladyship was about the same height as me and similarly slim. The rose-coloured chiffon set off my blonde straight hair and peaches and cream complexion beautifully and made my clear blue eyes stand out like sapphires. I selected a pair of bejewelled heels from her shoe collection and then I was just sitting down at her dressing table with a string of her favourite pearls around my neck and her own lipstick in my hand when the door to the boudoir opened. I cannot remember exactly what words, if indeed words they were, her ladyship uttered when she saw me there in her best new dress, shoes and jewels, but I do remember the pitch and sound of her voice. It was a long, harsh, loud, screeching sound, and before it finished her ladyship's talons were digging into my shoulders and I was being hauled to my feet. Her manicured hands then grabbed me by the hair and hauled me, stumbling in the unaccustomed high heels, out of her room, down the stairs and into the kitchen, where my grandmother was pulling freshly baked loaves out of the hottest oven. I stood, trembling in her ladyship's attire, with her owner still holding my hair in a firm grasp, while my grandmother's shocked face absorbed the situation. This! "'Disgusting creature,' spat her ladyship, "'was in my dressing-room, wearing my dress, jewels, shoes, and—' She paused long enough to muster all the contempt she could before finishing. "'Using my lipstick!' My grandmother's face said it all. "'Janet, how could you?' were her words. But before she could continue, her ladyship interrupted. I shall have this despicable wretch punished most severely. I shall send up the undergardener to give her a sound whipping. In the meantime, have her remove all my clothes, Mrs. Siddons, and have them cleaned, pressed, and ready for this afternoon's tea party. I shall return shortly to ensure that the punishment is carried out to my satisfaction. Her ladyship released my hair and swept out of the kitchen, leaving me face to face with the tight-lipped fury of my grandmother. Her first act was to slap me hard across the face and order me out of her ladyship's clothes at once. As I disrobed, sobbing, she scolded me non-stop about my behaviour, reminding me that she might lose her position on my account and berating me for my stupidity, fickleness, airs and graces and failure to know my place. Barely was I standing, barefoot, in only my underwear before her, than her ladyship returned, with Wiggins, the undergardener, in tow. Wiggins was barely older than me, 
but he was a burly, red-faced lad with dark curls and a mean streak to his character. His plump lips were curled into an amused sneer as he saw me, standing mortified in my bra and pants. Wiggins, I want you to thrash this dreadful girl until she begs for mercy. She has broken into my dressing room and stolen my clothes and jewels. Wiggins appeared to need no second bidding. He marched straight to the pantry where he knew, as well as any of the domestic servants at the manor, there hung a heavy strap and a riding crop on the back of the door. Up to last year, these had always been wielded by Jenkins, the butler, when any of the junior staff misbehaved, and Wiggins had experienced his fair share of beatings in his time as an apprentice gardener. He returned now bearing both implements with an almost reverential expression.